Hello, and welcome to episode 96 of My Circus, My Monkeys. It's October, so Halloween is right around the corner. Now, some people love to be scared, and if that's you, this is the perfect season. But even when you choose to put yourself in scary situations, on some level, you know it's not real, and it's only temporary. In today's episode, I want to talk about something scary that is not temporary for most of us, and it's something that can cause considerable damage, both in the short and long term. So stay tuned. You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. If you're a regular listener, you've probably been wondering where the bleep I've been for the past two months. On July 31st, I was doing some self-care by swimming laps at the rec center. Nice, right? Well, it was right until I got distracted doing the backstroke and swam headfirst into the side of the very hard concrete wall. When I realized what I did, I stopped, assessed myself, and seemed fine. In fact, it didn't even really hurt. So I just finished swimming and went home. That afternoon, it was kind of hard to focus on finishing the stress management webinar we were doing for August, but I thought it was allergies. It wasn't until two days later when, coincidentally, I was at my chiropractor's office when I started to feel terrible. Now, in classic Halloween style, that's how scary works, right? Nothing seems out of place. Then suddenly, bam, what is happening? I told the doctor, and she said I probably had a minor concussion. She put my skull, neck, and everything else back where it belonged and said it typically takes between six to eight weeks to fully recover from a concussion, so I'd probably feel tired and find it a bit difficult to focus. All right. The next week, I had two trainings to do for the Division of Student Development at St. Louis University. Plus, I had to get my syllabus ready for teaching at Maryville, so I just focused on doing those things with lots of rest in between. On the days of the training, I rested, went to present, then came home and rested more. The second day, I had to have my dad drop me off and my sister pick me up from presenting because just the presenting was too much to add driving in. When my doctor said mild concussion, I thought, oh, like mild sauce at Taco Bell. Noticeable, but nothing that's going to really get in my way. Well, it turns out I was wrong. What started out as feeling not too great, but still able to do things, got worse and worse. I had to handwrite my syllabi and pay a friend to put it all into the fancy new syllabus program we had to use. Initially, I rested by watching TV in bed. Sometimes I'd close my eyes and just listen, but I still watched quite a bit, and I could use the computer and my phone, just not for long periods of time. But at its very worst, I would lay in bed in a completely dark room doing absolutely nothing. I couldn't listen to TV 
or music because it was all too much for my brain. And believe me, you can only sleep so much. So I just lay there and think, but not think too hard because that also was too exhausting. I even had to stop wearing my glasses for about a month because it was too stressful on my brain. When classes started, all I did was rest, go to class, teach, and come home and rest. At one point, my doctor reassessed and said, not a mild concussion, but moderate, which I guess is more like fire sauce. It took nine rough weeks to get back to my old self. And it was only last week that my glasses went back on and I could actually work all day. Long story short, too late. That's why I absolutely couldn't do any more podcasts until now. And I wanted to talk about my concussion for two reasons. First, to explain my absence. But second, because I think it's a fantastic case study of the many things we've talked about previously on the podcast. I've actually been taking notes over the past few weeks so I could do this episode. And since it's the scariest month of the year, it's an extra perfect example of what can go wrong even when we think things are fine. We've talked about stress on many episodes, but I don't know that I've specifically mentioned the three types of stress, physical, chemical, and emotional. Physical stress is caused by an injury or trauma to the physical body. So that's what happened to me when I hit my head. Chemical stress is caused by toxins or viruses. And emotional stress is caused by our thoughts and stories. Well, here's the thing. No matter which type of stress you're encountering, that stress uses a lot of energy to deal with it. My body needed most of my energy to heal my brain, which left little energy to do the work I would normally do. And to make things even more fun, one type of stress can absolutely turn into other types of stress. For example, yeah, I hit my head, which is absolutely physical, but that resulted in an increase of toxins in my brain, which made me feel terrible all over. Not to mention the emotional stress that resulted from suddenly being unable to do all the things I wanted and needed to do, both in teaching and for Strengths University. So why is this important? Most of you are dealing with emotional stress. And it's really easy to think of it as being less important than a physical injury or being sick, like having COVID. I mean, it's all just in your head, right? Wrong. No matter what type of stress you start with, it's throwing you into a stress response. Your brain and body go into high alert to deal with whatever's going on. And again, that takes a ton of energy. Plus, that seemingly less severe emotional stress can absolutely turn into chemical and physical stress as well. It's estimated that as much as 90% of illnesses and diseases are stress-related. That means you feeling stressed out could absolutely turn into physical problems. I've read about and talked with many a higher ed professional who is currently dealing with a chronic illness. And sometimes, when I mention that the stress from the job is probably the cause, People will say something along the lines, well, sure, work didn't help, but blank runs in my family. Well, here's the thing about genetic illnesses. DNA doesn't give you a disease. It's your environment that impacts how your genes express themselves. So it's that environment that can turn on whether or not you have blank disease. 
You're not destined to have the thing that your mom or grandpa or aunt has. And if you want to learn more about that, Google epigenetics. Now, even if you don't think you currently have a chronic illness, that doesn't mean you are in the clear. I bumped my head and was fine for two days. And I did seem fine on the outside and even to myself, but inside my brain was breaking down from the injury it received. Eventually, that injury spread throughout my body and impacted everything I did. I'm self-employed. That means I don't get paid unless I do something to get a new customer or someone books a training. There was definitely the emotional stress of, you cannot afford to do nothing for six to eight weeks, Anne. But I also knew if I didn't prioritize my self-care and give my body and mind what it needed, it was possible I'd either take way longer to recover or suffer permanent damage. And just to clarify, that did not mean trying to fit some self-care in when I had time. It meant prioritizing it based on what I needed. The things that would have to fit in was work. In order to make this feasible, I had to do many of the things we talked about in this podcast to an extreme degree to decrease my stress, let my brain heal, get through the first month of classes, and get folks registered for the Supervisor Strengths Institute this fall. It was a crazy nine weeks, but luckily I recovered completely and am ready to get back to it. So let's talk about what I did and how you can start doing those things too to decrease the stress on your system and avoid getting sick. First, let's talk about that emotional stress and how you can reframe your stories. That's typically what we're dealing with at home and at work is those stories and beliefs we have about the world and our place in it. Those are the things that creates the most stress in our life. In this case, my brain had already experienced some severe physical stress, so any additional stress was going to make things worse. Doing nothing for two months when the fall semester was starting and we needed to get people enrolled in the fall institute definitely could have created stories that would have made me push myself in my brain. Instead, I quickly reframed those stories so I could focus on recovering. I told myself the one thing I absolutely needed to do was make sure that my brain recovered 100%. Everything else had to come second, even if that meant a less ideal start to the semester and the institute. Whenever a story came up that had me thinking I needed to work harder, I'd stop, think about what I could do with the least amount of effort possible. In other words, I had to prioritize what to do and only do the most necessary things. I had to forget the rest. For example, I had to finish my syllabi for classes. Putting them into the new system the college was using would have taken a ton of copying and pasting and screen time, all of which would have taken me the entire week because I couldn't do any of it for long. While doable, I decided instead to pay a friend to do it for me. When I thought about recruiting for the Institute, I asked myself, what's the least amount of emails or messages I could send to get people there? And I narrowed it down as much as possible. Then I handwrote those messages, gave myself strict limits on time on the computer to create and send them. And even though I used very little of my own time and energy, I got done everything I needed to do. I don't know if I have mentioned this before, but there's something called Parkinson's Law. Basically, it means we expand our work to fit the time we have available to complete it. So if we have two hours to do something, we'll typically take two hours. And if we have two days to do the same thing, we might very well stretch it out to two days. 
since you know I don't really care about time management, what we're really talking about here is energy management. I normally would have taken way longer to do all those things, but I couldn't because my brain had to rest. Everything got done just as well, if not better, because I didn't try to overthink or try five different versions of things. And that brings us to the old 80-20 rule. Remember, 20% of what you do makes 80% of the impact. So I boiled down possible tasks to the most important 20%, if not less, and just didn't bother with the other 80%. Then I told myself, if I can do these things so quickly and effectively now, I need to remember to stop wasting so much of my time and energy when my brain is 100%. We all waste tons of time and energy on things that could just as easily be done with less time and energy, or possibly don't need to be done at all. You don't have to wait until you whack your head to start prioritizing and doing things more efficiently. Honestly, my biggest concern right now is that I'm going to revert to my old ways now that I have so much more energy. Now, to some extent, this entire episode has been about self-care. I've just been focusing on the things I had to do to make sure I was getting enough self-care. So the last thing I want to talk about is how important it is to pay attention to what you need in order to know what kind of self-care you need and how much of it you need. I had to pay close attention to how my brain and body were feeling to know when I could work and when I needed to stop. We are used to ignoring our bodies and feelings and all too often push through our exhaustion or pain so we can get more things done. I didn't want to do anything to make my brain worse or slow my healing. So I started to pay close attention to how my brain and body felt as I did things. A headache meant I definitely pushed too far. So I learned the signs that happened before my head started to hurt. Whenever my brain started to get an uncomfortably full feeling, and it's really difficult to describe some of the sensations that I got while I was in my concussion, but I knew that sensation meant it was time for me to stop. I did not wait until my head actually hurt. It's kind of like staying hydrated. When you're thirsty, you're already dehydrated, so you need to make sure you're drinking things throughout the day before you get thirsty. In the same way, dogs never just bite someone. They send out warnings with their growls and body language. Our bodies and minds do the same thing. Headaches, tight shoulders, exhaustion, etc. They don't just pop out of nowhere. It seems that way because you didn't pay attention to the signs leading up to that point. Our bodies and minds communicate with all of us all the time. So get used to listening to what your body and mind needs. If you get a headache, it's your body telling you that something you're doing is not working. If we pay attention and make adjustments, we can prevent future problems. But if we ignore the signs or just pop an Advil and keep going, we're missing out on important information our bodies are telling us to keep us healthy. Pay attention to what your body and mind are telling you so you can make sure you're getting what you need. Since we've been talking about being efficient and managing our energy well, I don't want this episode to go too long. So let's sum this up. The impact of stress doesn't always show up right away. Just like in those horror movies that are always trending in October, it can be silently lurking in the background before its true nature jumps out to get you. 
And just like in those movies, sometimes that leads to some pretty traumatic results. But if you take the right steps now, you can prevent this from happening. I had to take a break from doing the podcast because I had to give myself the space and time I needed to recover from my concussion. But remember, whether your stress starts out as physical like me, chemical from a virus, or emotional, it can easily shift into one of the other types. In a nutshell, your feeling stressed can quickly turn into you being physically unwell, even a chronic disease. And if you want to get a handle on your stress and your well-being, you need to put self-care front and center. That means both listening to your body and your mind so you know the signs they're giving to take care of yourself in the right way. It also means better managing your energy and prioritizing what you do so you get the most bang for your buck. It also means that when you do the things you've prioritized, you're doing them as efficiently and effectively as possible. And when you combine all of these, you can actually be more productive while reducing your stress and prioritizing your health and well-being. So don't ignore stress. Manage it. Focus on your well-being. And until next time, stay strong. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links as well as other episodes on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.